Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Game Train Podcast. I'm Callan Davison. I am back from my hiatus from Thailand, not Singapore, said my plucky co-host Carl Smith. Whoa, you were there for a minute. Yeah, an airport transfer, mate. It counts. It counts. It does. Nah, it doesn't. Doesn't count. I was. In, I've been in Thailand at a friend's wedding for a while. It's been great to escape from it all. But I've jumped headfirst back into it. We've got a massive episode this week. Apart from our Kingdom Hearts three review, the game which I've been waiting years to play. Right. We've also got um, a first look at Crackdown three. We've been playing it the last few days. So yep. we've got all the details on that. We jumped into the new Battle Royale, Apex Legends, had a look at that. We checked out the Division 2 beta, and also a heap of news from Nintendo. So let's roll into it with the news. Also, Carl Smith is here. All right, so there was a huge Nintendo Direct this morning. There was a lot of announcements. Uh, so let's kick it off with Mario Maker 2 is coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is really cool. It's been rumored for a while and they formally announced it today, which is really cool. Also a 2D Zelda is coming to the Switch, a remake of the Game Boy Classic from back in 1993. Link's Awakening is coming to the Switch as well this year. This year. So I'm really excited about that one. Now it's a classic on the old Game Boy. It's 26 years old now, so... It's one that obviously a lot of people would never have played now. So they've rolled that one out. Also, there was a heap of shadow drops, including Final Fantasy IX, Tetris 99, which I know someone's excited. I'll leave that one to you. Oh, Tetris, Metris. Oh my goodness, I nearly died when they dropped that. So we've just watched this um, Nintendo Direct and literally like minutes before recording this. So we're still buzzing off all the news. It's, It's not one of those things where we recorded like a day later or anything. We just... We literally watched it and went, all right, let's record. So I'm still like shaking and buzzing. I'd never saw this coming. I've been like begging the gods beyond of Nintendo to give me a new Tetris game that didn't have Puyo Puyo in it. Um, and just after playing Tetris Effect on the PlayStation, I was really craving multiplayer, but I didn't expect a battle royale <laughs> and free and today. So I'm quite happy and I can't wait to jump in. We've literally both already downloaded it and... Uh, yeah, I'm. I, can we wrap this up now? Is that the end of the episode, or? And uh, no, no, we've got a lot <laughs> still to get through. They they also went deeper into Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is out in July. Yes, uh, showing a bit of the story, what you'd be doing in the game. So it's sort of around these sort of three nations, and there's like a, a school almost in the middle of these three nations, and you choose sort of one side to teach in this school. And it looks like the game will go on from there and it'll escalate, et cetera, et cetera. So it looks all right. Like, I didn't really know what to make of it at the same time. Yeah, I've never done any of the Fire Emblems. So I don't know really about the formula of the game. It's just never really grabbed me or interested me. Probably if I jumped in and gave it a couple hours or whatever, I'd fall in love maybe. But man, there's just so many things to play. There is a there is a lot, including there's also a demo for Damon X Machina, which has also dropped today, so you can get that now on the Nintendo Switch. Yes. And also for the new Yoshi game, which comes out at the end of March, there is a demo coming out today as well for that. So check out that as well. And so much to do today. Uh, and Yoshi's Crafted World looks so charming. They showed a lot more footage today, and like a lot of interactions with the like the background and stuff, and like. Even sort of 3D sections where you're driving a car and there's different costumes and it looks like just a lot of fun again. So I can't wait to jump into that demo and just have a feel and see what it's like. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, was there was there anything else that interested you in the uh, Nintendo Direct from today? Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Like uh, We have been speculating because of the announcement of the Japan release, but the Dragon Quest XI Definitive Edition coming to our shores, which I thought oh, yeah. was going to be a lot later. Uh, but um, it's not. They announced it today. It's coming, uh, when is it? Fall of in USA. So uh, I'm so bad at doing the... Yeah, you're probably looking at about September. Yeah, great. Which is so much sooner than I expected. Uh, so that's really cool. Also, one I found interesting was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That uh, was a bit of left field, wasn't it? Absolutely. And now this game is so funny because it was exclusive on PlayStation... 
and then it appears on Xbox, and then it becomes exclusive for Xbox because they buy the studio, and then it appears on Switch. So, like, it's always exclusive and solid in its new home, and then it gets, like, handed over to the next. And I think this is, like, another example of Xbox and Nintendo solidifying their friendship, which we should also mention there's Xbox Live, speaking of which, is coming to Switch. Which is so I don't strange. even know what that entails, but it's rather bizarre that they're putting their Xbox Live platform onto the Switch. Yeah. Now, whether it's just to see if your mates are online, are you able to chat, chat to your mates? Can you see their achievements? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's all, all going to be just like they said, it's just that kind of info and statistics and seeing who's online, but I don't know to what degree. And I, I wonder if they're putting like, um, you know, like systems in place for stronger crossplay between those two console specifically like instead of just sort of like a a gamer gamer wide sort of crossplay with all systems i think there might be some sort of tighter relationship between xbox and nintendo specifically maybe it's uh next gen something about like i don't know this might be just you know little building blocks just kind of in the background talking about building blocks in february uh, rocket league is having another update which is going to allow stronger crossplay. You can crossplay at the moment, but you can't make a crossplay team. Meaning, I can't play on my PlayStation and and join your team on Xbox. We can make a private match and just play against each other. Uh. But now they're allowing you to make a team in the game with your crossplay friends, which is fantastic. Wow! So that's another step on the way for crossplay. So let's hope this keeps up. And speaking of building blocks, where I thought you were going, Dragon Quest Builders Two is coming on July twelve on the Switch. Oh, yes. So yep. that looks really cool. Um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night actually looks kind of stunning, and it's got customization in it, so I'm all in. I'm sure you'll enjoy changing your hair color. I will, and, and skin color. I, I have, yep. you know. Um, another surprise one for me was that um, Oninaki from the I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere developers... Yes, yes. Oh, boy. Come on. It is, I think this is another one in that series that they've been developing, which is also... The games are sort of connected in like a loose way to each other, if that uh, makes sense. Right, okay, same universe kind of thing, like a kind Marvel. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to see where to, like, without going into a lot of detail, but yeah, they're, they're like loosely connected to each other, so it should be cool. It looks really nice. It looks like you're only playing as one person rather than a party this time, but you get people's souls to give you different powers and abilities throughout the game. Yeah, awesome. I can't, yeah. I, I'm very, very keen to check that one out. Um, also, Unraveled 2 is coming in March 22, which um, I never saw coming either, but it's such a perfect Switch game. So it, I is, think, it is. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering why part one's not on Switch. Yeah, interesting. That's very true. Um, who knows? Who knows? But speaking of strange sequels on Switch, uh, they showed us some footage of Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, which is probably my biggest letdown of this whole um, direct yeah, I was hoping for, like, the Ezio collection on the Switch. I think that would have made a little more sense rather than going just into part three straight away. But anyway. Yeah, which, I mean, a lot a lot of people say it's one of the weaker ones in the series. But that being said, the, the, uh, the footage didn't look so crash hot. Like, it didn't quite just fit on the Switch. Unlike something like, you know, they showed Dragon Quest Eleven, which looks fantastic. And the style really fits. You know, it really, it's really cool when Nintendo take something that fits its brand, you know, and then like, I don't know, just something about Assassin's Creed just didn't look right. It's like it didn't quite belong there. Um, what else was, was kind of tidbits worth mentioning? Final Fantasy VII got a date March 26. It's going to be available there. Um, Astral Chain, which is a, a new kind of, it, they hinted at it possibly being co-op. It's It looks very much like a platinum game, like Bayonetta. It's got... Uh, I didn't see who worked where, but people from Bayonetta and Nier Otamara and a bunch of other stuff that I was already sold at those two. It looks like a lot of fun. Two cops, very modern, like robots everywhere. Um, yeah, that looks looks really cool. We don't have a lot of details. They kind of were a bit coy with it all, but um, I'm keen to find out more about that one. Also, uh, Nintendo likes to do their little shadow drops, but another company that decided to do a shadow drop this recent week was EA with the new Battle Royale Apex Legends. So that is out now on PC, PS4, and Xbox One for free. Yes. So 
we're going to chat a bit about that and Gen's been playing, but yeah, go check it out if you're into Battle Royale. Or if you're not, it's free, just check it out. Yeah, it's free, so yeah. Also, um, in, in some sad news this week, Activision Blizzard have laid off a heap of employees. The rumor is about 800 employees. Oh, that's with, yucky. With their new CFO getting a bonus of $15 million, so... Oh, man. Oh, I hate that kind of news. It's... It's so yucky when that stuff happens in the gaming world and it just keeps happening. And I just, oh man, I don't, I mean, the layoffs was like already bad news, but it just hurts more when you hear about that bonus. It's like, you, oh, and then when, um, when the, I think the, the CEO comes out and says it's one of their most profitable years ever, and then they go and do that as well, it's, it leaves people scratching their heads and it leaves people with anger and resentment towards the company, really. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, it's, it was such a respected company, Blizzard at least, and it's just sad to see this kind of thing happen. And like, we are a f- fickle bunch of us gamers, and you know, you do kind of something like that, and it's it's very quick that that especially nowadays in these recent years, we'll just boycott it, you know, and move on. Like, there's so many other amazing developers and games out there. It's like such a risky move to do something. I don't know who knows what happened. You know, like maybe all 800 of them were stealing. <laughs> something. No, it I was know, more to man. do with streamlining and stuff. It, it seems the rumors are saying that Activision want to get rid of like the bloat around like customer service and stuff in like Blizzard and put it all in house. So they've gone like and wiped that all out off the sides and trying to put it into the center of Activision rather than each each area that Activision owns having their own little like support area and things like that. They're just trying to centralize it all. It seems, but that's a lot of firings along the way too, though. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, so hopefully all those people go out and find more jobs because, yeah, you don't really want to be unemployed in America at the moment. It's not the best of times. No, but I mean, I imagine they'd be some of the most qualified people. So Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. hoping. But that's a lot of roles to fill. And with that, that's the news. All right, so... Again, every month, new games are released on the Xbox Gold, uh, PlayStation Plus, and the Switch Online store, and we'd like to give it the full art recommendation on what we think is the one to download this month. Yes, uh, so not a lot going on. Like Just for ones I can recommend real quickly is definitely Nintendo Online has released a bunch, but the one to pick from there is Super Mario Bros. 2, a classic, of course. Um PS Plus, a great one to check out is Metal Gear Solid 4. Just kidding, can't play it on PS4. You have to bring out your PS3, uh, which is the only way to play it. So that one kind of hit me hard. But um, yeah, if you do want to play that, it is one of the better Metal Gear Solid games, but you got to take out your PS3 to do it. So I don't know. Nothing really worth talking about for me personally on Xbox Games with Gold. Xbox Game Pass, though, has Crackdown 3 coming like tomorrow. So, is that worth checking out? We'll tell you a bit later in our review. <laughs> well, we'll tell you in a second yeah. as we roll into the games we've been playing. Oh, yes. All right. So, there's a bit to get through here. So, let's kick it off with what we just mentioned, Crackdown 3. We've been playing it the last few days thanks to Xbox. They gave us a early code. So, we jumped in to check out what Crackdown 3 was all about. Now, I've never played any of the Crackdown series, so I didn't really know what to expect. All, yeah. all I knew it was going to be Terry Crews yelling things at the screen. Yes, and open world and shooting stuff. That's right. So it's based in the city where there's like an evil corporation and they're doing like bad things to the population and stuff. You're in this sort of agency which is just trying to, I guess, liberate this city from all this uh, corruption and bad things in that they're doing to the environment. Bad things indeed. Yes, that's right. So there's uh, at the start of the game, you can choose from, I think, eight different agents and there's another eight available after that that you can play. Yeah, which is a fun touch. I like that. Yeah. Each one has a different look and they have different sort of um, bonus experience. So you get experience for for shooting, strength, driving, agility, etc. So um, each character has a combination of bonuses that they get with those uh, with those experiences. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a it's a third person open world game around the city, so it's just based in the city and the surrounding suburbs, sort of thing. Yeah. And 
it has you going from area to area, pretty much just wiping out bad guys. A very uh, check checklist basic open world kind of yeah. old, old school style. Very old school Ubisoft-y kind of like find a spot, liberate it, move that, on. That's exactly. And there's like a, a big boss and little bosses and little bosses after that. And you go through liberate areas and then you get to fight the little bosses, which then opens up the mid bosses. And then once you beat the mid bosses, then you can go fight the big boss. Yeah, which I mean, and the menu where they show that kind of really reminded me of the uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, Shadow of Mordor Nemesis system. Yeah, definitely not a Nemesis system, but it had that kind of like a a hierarchy and like you lead your way through this. Maybe even like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Kind of wild wildlands actually. Yes, wildlands. wildlands. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good call actually. A very yeah. stripped back version of that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's great. So the activities you can do is like um, you know liberate people in jail, destroy the enemy's cars, destroy toxic plants, blow up valves, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, take over monorail stations. All these yep. sorts of things. So traversal through the game is through either running around. There, uh, there's a lot of verticality in this game. So you can yes. jump, double jump. You can jetpack forward. Later on, you get a triple jump as well. You can also drive cars and you get a summable car, which can then turn into a spider car, which can drive up walls. Yes, which sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so th- the graphics weren't the greatest it's neat but not flashy yeah and the uh there's a lot of space it's very sort of uh last gen in how how big everything is in comparison to you yeah it is it's like sometimes your player almost feels like a an ant compared to the rest of the world in the in the way of the scale of things it just feels a little off yeah and it makes the world a lot more sparse than i feel it needed to be like it wasn't it never touted itself as being something with like hustle bustle streets but it looks really dead and empty with no life only because it because it's blown up so much there's so much more road and and pathway and space to fill with life that they just couldn't possibly do so it feels very lacking in that way like you feel very alone especially with what we were talking about while playing which is the lack of music yeah, that was strange. Like, there is no, there is some music in the game, but as you're just running around doing, you know, things here and there, Side it doesn't seem to be a- any like overtune or just general music or soundtrack or, ambi- yeah. or ambience. It's just like that of the player's feet or of the car. Yeah, just things like that. Just very strange. Yeah, it feels very still and oh man, I can't think of of the word, but very stale yeah just, yeah i just felt lonely like i was it you know what and you said this to me while i was playing and it, it was hit the nail right on the head it feels like playing an mmo but no one else is online yeah that's right it feels like yeah there should be like hundreds of people running around everywhere destroying and blowing up things which i think would have been a really cool way to go about this game yeah uh, yeah they do, so true. they do have co-op though you can play through the whole campaign with a friend where you just team up with a mate and you go through and smash these bad guys down. Yep, yep. Now, the shooting feels cool. Very fun. The, shoot, the shooting, I feel, is the best part of this game. Yes, I've by played far. a lot of this game. I'm right near the end of the game now, so I've gotten through a lot of it. Yeah, and you've um, tried out a lot I, of weapons as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. The weapons are fun. There is uh, machine guns. There's um, th- My favorite gun is this gun that you shoot. It's got this toxic ball that almost sticks to the enemy and then after about a second it explodes oh nice it's it's really cool there's a there's um a heap of grenades like you know frag grenades um incendiary grenades but then there's a gravity grenade which you throw in the middle of guys and it sort of brings them all into the middle then explodes that is awesome that is a lot of fun especially in combination with this um poison gun that i've been using i'd use that and then drop a poison thing on them and it just does Dumb amounts of damage. Oh, unbeatable! That that, that sounds like a yeah, wrecking force. It, yeah, it's uh, it's good fun. You can drop mines and and all all that sort of stuff. The enemy variety is like your normal soldiers, and there's like super stronger soldiers, guys with shields, of course, guys with toxic toxic um, abilities. There's robots. There's flying machines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep, um, yep. Then there's bosses. The bosses have been quite fun, actually. Uh, one okay, boss cool. I fought was uh, a giant robot, you fight him, and he heals himself from this orb in the middle, but 
you've got to destroy the orb to win the fight. So every time he goes to heal, you can attack the orb. Then he comes after you again. You whittle him down. He runs back to the orb. And it there isn't a lot of dodging mechanics. You've got to sort of just maneuver yourself and just jump out of the way, etc. as much as you can with like a little dash you got, which isn't the best. But it was just a fun fight that I had with him. It was like very back and forth and, and things like that. So I had a lot of fun with that. Oh, yes, yes. I, I felt the driving was very floaty, though. The driving doesn't feel solid at all, especially when you're trying to do these stunts. There's all these, like, driving stunts you can do around the city to get driving points to upgrade your driving abilities, etc. And it was just painful that just trying to get in the right spot to do these jumps and the car just wasn't doing what I wanted to. I'd have to switch between spider mode and normal mode to get into some place, which is fair enough, which is kind of like car puzzles. But... I just then fall off the wall in awkward angles and the car would roll awkwardly. It was very, oh, yeah, it was very awkward to do at times. Yeah, strange car physics, like really light. A lot of things felt light, like even picking up heavy rocks or lifting up cars and throwing them. They kind of bounce like styrofoam. It feels there's more, no, wait, exactly, styrofoam rocks it felt like. You're supposed to, uh, one of the uh, missions is to blow up these like, are drilling machines in this quarry and you do this by picking up rocks and putting them in there so it busts the drill but when you throw the rocks it as you said it's like throwing a styrofoam box or something it almost floats away like a bubble it just feels really wrong the the game feels very weightless at times like there's no weight to things like cars even your person when you jump it is very floaty yeah and i just i really wanted to mention this this is probably my my biggest niggly thing about this game is is that it has a 0.5 second jump delay which um for for a game where traversal is such a big part of it like this isn't an rpg or anything like moving in an action is is this game and if you tap the jump button it's it's almost half a second sometimes more depending on what's going on on the screen before your character actually jumps and it's just oh it just drove me insane like a a game like this, yeah, I suppose you could, but I don't want to get used to it. I want it to be tight. I want it to jump when I press jump. And that would like, that would make this game just like it's better tenfold. You know, like a game like this that doesn't look so crash hot in this current environment, especially coming out right around Spider-Man and Anthem, an open world traversal needs to be like on point. There's, there's kind of no reason it shouldn't be like, oh, it just felt really difficult to get into. I got I got used to it as I said, but the biggest gripe for me was there are no shadows under the player when you're jumping onto something. So you're trying to do all these platforming, um, almost like challenges. There's these big towers with all these moving platforms that you climb up to turn off these propaganda towers throughout the game. Yep. And there's all these moving platforms, platforms that fall down and and all that. And you're trying to do these precise jumps. Now precise jumping with floaty controls is hard at times. But once you're used to the floatiness, you sort of know how the character's going to move and where he's going to land. But when you can't see that little shadow which you're looking for to make sure you're over that platform that you're aiming for, so then you you know you know to drop, yep. it makes it very, very hard. I was getting very frustrated the other night. You and were. It, and it's not like I was playing on PC with the graphics turned down. I was playing on an Xbox One X. So I'm expecting things like shadows to be under my character when I do jump in the air trying to do these platforming areas and it was friggin' horrible to try and do yeah oh man especially when like 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 i'm saying it's an action game where you are playing and controlling this character like you know whatever about the visuals it can look great or it can look like cartoony or silly or empty but if the traversal feels right and feels fun none of that stuff would really matter but it just kind of all adds up it's not like there's nothing like death-definingly terrible, awful, awful, but because of there's so many little things that shouldn't be there, that all kind of adds up to a, like a rather disappointing experience for me. It does. Uh, but yeah, I personally probably wouldn't go out and buy the game, but if you've already got Game Pass, download it and give it a go. Uh, you might enjoy it. We haven't tried the wrecking mode yet, which is the uh, the multiplayer yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get time to do that. And that's the one they were like talking about with all the um, cloud, power of the cloud. Mm. Yeah, but um, it seems that you can't actually get into a team with friends on it. So yeah, that's... a shooting online game 
that you can't make a group with your mates, I think it's going to hurt this game big time in the short term. They said it's coming, but it should have launched with it. It should have launched with that 100%. Especially as an exclusive to Microsoft, which is like the live friend party sharing mecca, like the best at it. These guys are amazing. They they like pride themselves in how good their online system and partying up and playing with your friends. So when they release a game that is exclusively theirs, you'd think that's the main thing that they'd be promoting. But to have it not even in there, it's baffling. Yeah. But as we said, this is now out on Game Pass. So Xbox owners, grab it, have a try, see what you think. And we will report on the multiplayer mode next episode. We'll have a have a crack at it. Wow, <laughs> uh, this guy. Whoa. whoa. And whoa. we'll get back to you guys on what we thought of that. But in terms of other games that are out at the moment, Apex Legends, we mentioned earlier, the new Battle Royale from EA, Shadow Dropped, Out of Nowhere. Uh, again, it's it's one of those Battle Royale games, you know, last person, or in this case, team wins. So it's teams yeah. of three only in this one at the moment. EA yeah. have said that t- um, solo and duos are coming, but at the moment, only squads of three. Yeah, it, it's like a hero shooter as well, yeah? Yeah, it, it's like Overwatch crossed battle royale in that there are uh eight different characters you can choose from each one has different abilities from being able to see enemies behind walls to being able to throw out smoke grenades to being able to disappear to being able to make decoys like all these yeah, different little a abilities. really cool angle on the um mm. on the whole been, battle royale thing I, i've been playing on pc so i can't really talk about the graphics because i've had to have it quite low on my pc oh they look fantastic Sadly. i had i had many um, a go on the xbox they look i've had wonderful. it on low of the low i've uh, been playing with two friends night after night we've had about 40 games maybe 50 games now nice nice uh, we've been playing a lot uh so far i've gotten one kill oh good i got zero at, of all the time i played so that's yep. that's typical battle royale for me i'm we not good. have been getting schooled i've made it right near the end a couple of times where i've been like the third or fourth last person while all the other squads are gone, I just get picked off. Yeah. Um, we've had games where we've landed and we've instantly gotten smashed by someone that's gotten guns before us. Uh, my yep, friends have gotten a, a bunch of kills each, but even then theirs is pretty low. I think one's like at 11, the other one's at 7. So we have been not going very well at this game, let's just say. Yeah, nice. Um, I had I had to mention in this, like just talking about Crackdown earlier and mentioning Traversal, Traversal in this feels phenomenal. Like, oh, yeah. It's, the verticality the is brilliant, and you, you jump onto, like, oh, the slide feels great. You, you jump onto these, like, you know, wires that take you as high as you, you can possibly go, and it does it in seconds. It almost feels, like, overpowered, but everyone can do it, so it's fine. Uh, and, like, just moving, it all feels really smooth, switching weapons, jumping, just all the most simple things just feel tight. And like, and I mean, coming from the respawn guys who did Titanfall two, you'd really expect that. Uh, mm-hmm. They have said that there's uh, not going to be. It's in the Titanfall universe, but they're not going to include the mechs, the big robots yeah. in this at any time because they did try it, but the balance was just not right. And I'm I'm glad that this is a thing for them. Like, don't just put things in just for the sake of it. They really care about the balance of the gameplay and how everything runs. It it's like as far as. Uh, battle royales go it's it has a very blackout sort of feel over the other sort of Fortnite and PUBG games but it's yeah it just felt really fun to play you know for the short time that I was in there before I got schooled each time I tried but yeah I'm I'm so impressed yeah it's uh yeah it's it's been a great experience also another game we checked out was the uh Division 2 beta yes Yep. So that was out for a few days. Now, for me, it felt very much like the original Division, but without snow and set in Washington this time. Yeah, I mean, basically, it does feel a lot like the first one. It just has... Uh, everything's kind of just a, kind of more solidly put in there. There's a lot more new sort of systems and things going on within the upgrades um, and all different bases. I played through the whole beta playing with um, Matt and Lucas from Drop A Gaming friends of the show uh, and the beta was the beta itself I wanted to talk about because it was brilliantly designed in that you could you could you played from you know you leveled up to I forget what it was like level seven or something 
Um, but then once you reached that, you unlocked Endgame, where you could quit out of it and then come back in and choose one of three different specialty characters who are fully leveled up. And they can be either an explosives expert or like a marksman, um, stuff like that. And then you pick one of them and you come into the game with all these new bits and pieces like a special turrets and special grenades and, and a super special gun that only you can use once you've mastered your your own sort of speciali- specialization. Um, and and you, you do just like one of the similar missions you've done earlier, but in what an end game system would feel like, which was really cool. It was really nice to get to experience that before the game. I've never really heard of a beta doing that and letting you feel both sides of the whole experience so that was cool it it felt really nice uh i might even say there's maybe maybe too many systems i think they've gone a little bit overboard every time i walked into a new base they're like by the way here's three extra things you can do oh by the way here's three more things you can do and level up here and you know if if this was your only game and like a big game as a service that you played forever that that's probably something you really want but for me it was just a tad overwhelming in in that essence. But actually playing with teams uh, was very fun. But again, like you said, it did feel very much like the first one. So for better or for worse, if you enjoyed the first one, you're going to love this. If you weren't too into the first one, I don't know if this will sell you. But um, there, yeah. there is also an open beta coming March 1st for anyone that's still on the fence about it. So if you are on the fence, March 1st, download the beta, give it a go, see what you think. We should also mention we jumped into the Anthem demo. Yes. We, we did a let's, lot. Let's do this real quick because we are starting to get short on time. We don't normally do this much stuff between episodes, so... No, it feels like we've done a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, all we're going to say is that the game feels great, traversal feels wonderful, and the feeling of flying along and then going from flying into underwater and then flying again and then into underwater seamlessly was one of the greatest feelings yes yeah we were just yelling in the microphone going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god what is this why does this feel so good um so yeah, yeah we were very excited about that yeah but uh, we'll have our full review of Anthem on the on the next episode when we uh, actually get stuck into the main game yes yeah definitely Okay, so uh, let's roll into our uh, our shout-outs this week. Uh, first up, again, Gaming Australia, the group on Facebook. Go check it out. A lot of gamers in there. They've now got over 400 members. Uh, a lot of people talk about games. Some play games together. I think they're going to start organising little competitions and things like that. So go check them out. That's Gaming Australia on Facebook. And also, last week on the platform, I had Dan Simmons, the uh, the collector. So, yes. uh, if you want to go check that out on um, on our feed, there you can go check out the platform and see uh, insight about what it's like to collect like thousands of games and just gaming things. This guy moved house with like over twenty boxes of gaming things. So it was a yeah. very interesting interview actually. I had a listen and, and I really enjoyed it. It was um it was all Callan doing the interview. So uh I had to just wait there till he had it finished and uh, uploaded and then I jumped in and I was thoroughly entertained. I, I know Dan Simmons well, but it was just still really interesting to hear these stories that I hadn't heard before and like, you know, being a collector, unless you are one, there's a lot of things that you might not know that you know that, that entails. So I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess we should roll into our actual review this week. Oh, yeah. Here it is. All right. Here is Kingdom Hearts 3. May my heart be my guiding key. Breath, should I take a deep? Faith, should I take a leap? All right. So Kingdom Hearts 3 Developed by Square Enix and published by Square Enix. Continues the story of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. That's right. This is a mix between Final Fantasy and Disney, but this time there is actually no Final Fantasy in this game. Mm, This series has been running a long time. There is about eight games in this series now. It started back many years ago with the original Kingdom Hearts, and it blew up from there. It's got a very long and convoluted storyline. If yeah. you haven't played all the games, if you're jumping into this one for the first time, you're going to be so confused. 
You won't know what a Xehanort is, a Xemnas is, an Ansem is. <laughs> and if you're um, jumping in this after having played part w- one and two, being as this is part three, you're going to also be just as confused. That's right. So it's this time is like the the finale of the original story. This is bringing those threads to a close. Yes. Uh, so Sora is trying to stop Xehanort um, getting the one true Keyblade when he gets the 13 Darknesses to fight the Seven Lights, if that makes sense to anyone. Yes. Gotcha. Yep, um, But through all this, leading there, you travel through all these Disney worlds, such as Tangled, Big Hero 6, Pirates of the Caribbean, Toy Story, etc. On yes. your journey there. And you sort of interact with these Disney characters and go on little adventures and see characters sing and, and all this sort of fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time in the making, this one. A very long time. Fans have been waiting for the, the conclusion of this storyline for a long, long time. Now, I also was, and I was very hyped for this story. Going, yeah. in, I, For me personally, I felt it took too long for this story to really kick off. It feels like there's a lot of nothing going on. And yeah. like little hints and things. And then the last probably quarter of the game is bang 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 credits yeah right and um i felt it could have been a bit more spread out through the game because the story is one of my i know we talk about convolution and crazy story it's been one of my favorite things in the kingdom hearts story uh seeing it conclude the way it did i felt was satisfying i just felt it was a little rushed in the way that they went about it but that's enough on the story we'll leave the story alone now we don't want to spoil anything for anyone yeah, that hasn't already been spoiled. That hasn't already been spoiled. <clears throat> Kingdom Hearts trailers, cough, 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 giving yeah. away every single Disney world in the game. Cough, um, cough, cough. And also worth mentioning, if, if anyone out there hasn't played these games before, it is, it's, a, it's like an action RPG. Yes. So it's, it's very, it feels very JRPG, except, except you're doing all the fighting yourself and you're, you know, yeah. you're everything in real time, jumping around. So it is actually... The playability of it is extremely fun and satisfying and using yes. the magic and teaming up with your friends is made very easy, but like not in a way that's just like handholdy, but in a way that you can see all the fantastic things every time. Yeah. You're not saving up magic and, you know, not doing moves for hours and hours because you're scared of wasting it. Everything replenishes at every fight and it's each fight is its own private tactic. You don't. Uh, like in a lot of RPGs, you'll cost yourself for the next fight, depending on how you do the current fight. But this is like every fight starts again. You've got all your stuff, you restart, you know, all your power moves are fresh again and you're loading them up while you fight. It it feels really fun. And one of the new sort of power moves they put in this game is the Keyblade Transformation. So your your main weapon is a Keyblade, this uh, sword that's shaped like a key, really. Yes. And you get different ones throughout the game, which has happened in every Kingdom Hearts games. But this time... Using your Keyblade, you can then transform it into a different weapon. So sometimes like a spear or like claws, et cetera, et cetera. And that's been a lot of fun. Bringing yes. all that in, into the into the, um, into the the fray. Yeah, I have um, like a little guns and stuff. Like very oh, fun. Yeah. And another thing they've added is special moves consisting of Disney rides. So famous Disney rides like the pirate ship, the teacups, yes. et cetera. I yep. felt these were a bit disjointed and got a little annoying after a while. They're very flashy at first. But then after a while, I'm just like, I didn't want to use those special moves. I wanted to just transform my Keyblade into different weapons and use that. Yeah, and sometimes because of the order of how things come up in the fights, you have to use certain power-ups before you can use others. Yeah, which it, sometimes I'd find myself like going, oh, teacups, but then skipping teacups. Yes. So triggering yep. it off and then jumping straight out and going, right now, let's transform my Keyblade into a spear. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really love how quick and easy it is to do, like when you're in different Disney universes, using those Disney characters and doing their sort of signature move to like team up with, you know, yep. I won't, I won't say too much about what they're like individually because that's a, its own sort of pleasure in the surprise of that. But um, they are really fun. And just before we move too far away from the story, I do want to say that they did put in five little mini recap videos included oh, in yeah. the game which is mm-hmm. really nice it's still a bit confusing but if you've seen nothing or even if you've just played a bit uh these are a, a nice way to get you at least you know ready to play this game uh, as as quoted by one of the characters in the game itself his name is pence 
Um, he says a line in the game that I just thought was brilliant. I even screenshotted it. And he says, it's kind of confusing, but we just roll with it. And he's talking about he's talking about all the different yeah. worlds that they skip between and stuff. I saw that in the game and I'm like, I bet you they put that in there for us. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. The, the, the presentation of this game is stunning. I thought it looked beautiful. It ran sweet. Oh, gorgeous. Um, gorgeous. Oh, the, just the art style. And it all seamlessly works. I remember in Kingdom Hearts 2, the Pirates of the Caribbean world stood out like a sore thumb. It was just very strange, the characters in that world. It, it just... The cartoony of Sora and that, and then like the realism of like Jack Sparrow, it just didn't work. But this time, they're sort of, in some ways with that world, they sort of made Sora, Donald Goofy look a little more real world and Jack Sparrow and that a little more cartoony in this weird way. Yeah, to meet in the middle. It blended really well. Yep, yep. Uh, It wasn't as, you know, outlandish as original, but like each world and it's bright, colorful. Uh, Disney characters are what you expect, you know. Elsa from Frozen, you know, looks like Elsa from Frozen, obviously. Wow, what a stupid throwaway line that is. Um, <laughs> no, but it's it's true. She looks... Yeah. All these 3D worlds, because, like, it's not such a throwaway line, because this game is based so much more in the 3D Disney, whereas the first two and the first 700 were a lot more of the um, 2D stuff. So it was a bit harder to translate, like seeing a 3D Aladdin or a, a 3D Winnie the Pooh, whereas this... It just fits and looks so right because Elsa and, you know, like Rapunzel are rendered in 3D because that's how they're rendered in their own worlds, in their actual movies. So it looks and feels so accurate and it's just even more uncanny. You really feel like you're in those worlds, like proper, Mm. which is, yeah, it's very cool. Like it feels uh, so much more like. And in the original games, it feels like those Disney worlds were visiting the video game, whereas now you really feel like Sora is popping in. You're jumping in the movie and playing in, in those worlds like you're visiting them. It, it feels a lot more like that, and I love it. Yeah. Um, look, for me, this is a game I've been waiting for for a long time, right? And leading up to it, the amount of trailers that came out and the amount that's, that Square showed off I felt got a bit overboard towards the end. That's an understatement, but yeah, definitely. Like, even one of the trailers, Final Battle trailer, was showing off some endgame stuff. And it's like, guys, this is a game that's been in development and had a fan base building for a long, long time. Over a decade, easy. Right, and you guys showed off, I feel, too much in that I knew bits that were coming and I was expecting bits to come. And the fact that they showed off all the Disney worlds in their trailers... There was not a single surprised Disney world in this game. No. And that's that was like one of the things that hooked people in the first big games is like, wow, you know, you travel, you do a big mission, you played for hours, and then you're like, where am I going to end up? Oh my God, I'm in you know, like Nightmare Before Christmas, what didn't see this coming, and you have this rush of excitement and happiness, there was none of that in this because of their own selves doing their marketing. Yeah, oh. it was it was absolutely bizarre on how much they actually gave away in this game. Not a sink, like, oh, even hold back Big Hero 6, you know? Yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah. let us go to San Fran Yokio and hang out with Baymax without telling us in a trailer. Oh, man, it's like they, they were too excited. They're like those people that tell you what they got you for your birthday before, you know, it's there. Or <laughs> just... yeah, that's exactly what it was. They could have just shown off even just Tangled and Toy Story, right? And just kept yep. everything else shut up shop. People oh, still would have bought the game in droves. I think it would have got, and this is so funny, same game, nothing changed. I feel like it would have been reviewed and scored better if they marketed it that way that you said. Like, just mm. shown two worlds and said, and heaps more. Obviously, you guys all know what Kingdom Hearts is. You yep. know there's going to be way more worlds. Why don't you all speculate for a year? Exactly. That. that would have built its own hype through speculation rather than going, and here's all our worlds, guys. And everyone's like, oh, so that's it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yep. Well, all, all it made me think is, cool, this is all the worlds they're showing. I wonder what else they'll be. I wonder what the surprise will be. Yeah. You said it really quickly at the start, but another massive disappointment for me and... The reason I fell in love with this series is because it was 50-50 mix of Disney and Final Fantasy. That formula mm-hmm. is what pulled me in. It blew my mind when I was younger. Like People saying, this is made by Square. 
the Final Fantasy guys, and they're mixing their Final Fantasy characters with Disney and even some of their own new ones, which Sora himself is this like combined like amalgamation of of Final Fantasy and Disney as a character created model, you know, like, and there was just there was nothing like there was a Moogle selling me things, there was a cactuar in the stars, and there was like Faraga magic. Yep. Uh, anyway, that that was another one of so you know, just thought I'd mention that. But yeah, let's uh, let's yeah. move on. Sorry. Let's let's roll into scoring. So as I said before, uh, this game I was looking forward to a long time. I built this up massively. Maybe I built it up too much for myself for what it could be. I was expecting a longer adventure than what I got. Okay, so when I was away, I saw people posting on Twitter that they had finished the game in like forty hours. I was like, "Ooh, looks like you just ran through that game there, buddy." You know? Yeah. So yeah. I jumped in the game, and I felt for me, I took it at a pretty cruisy pace. I was exploring all worlds, I was revisiting worlds, trying to get little secrets here and there and everywhere. There's all these cool little um, Mickey emblem challenges, the traditional yes, Disney yep. old school logo of the Mickey Mouse face. Some of those um, were really cool. Are all hidden throughout the levels, and you've got to take photos of them, all hidden treasure chests, etc. So I went back trying to find a lot of that. Um, I rolled credits in about 35 hours. Yeah, that's... For an yeah. RPG, like... For, for, for an RPG mm. that I'd been waiting for this long for, and with that lore and story that built up so much throughout this game, and for it to end that quick, I was really disappointed with. Another thing I was disappointed with was uh, the boss fights. Now, a lot of the major boss fights don't happen until the end of the game. You sort of play through this game, and then you, you fight a boss in, in a world, but none of the bigger guys until right near the end. I wanted more of that throughout the game. That's what I like, getting the scuffles with them. Didn't have to finish them off until the end of the game or whatever happens there, but I just wanted more of it. I just don't like them coming in, going, "Ha, Sora, we're gonna beat you," and then disappear. Yeah, it's just yeah. it got it got a bit old after a while. It's like, let me fight you now. Let's have a scuffle. You get away. We fight again later on uh, at the climax of the game or whatever. I just wanted more of that, more of that interaction with the with the villains than what we actually got. The story itself also didn't really, as I said earlier, get going until about three quarters of the way through. I feel stuff yep. like that could have been spread out a little more throughout the game. And also, I wanted more worlds than what we got. I felt eight main worlds was a bit lacking. While yeah, the others exactly. had, like, I think, like, 12. Yeah. The worlds Even were bigger. small ones the, would have been fine, yeah, like little the, quick visits. Yeah, the worlds were bigger, but I felt maybe you could have trimmed a little of the fat and we could have gotten an extra world or two, an extra location or two to check out. I felt the game was too easy as well, right? I finished. I did it on the hardest difficulty proud mode that you can do at the moment. I finished it only dying a couple of times, and that was just to dumb things I did in battle. Most of the times, I would breathe through a battle, and... Yeah, I just felt the difficulty was just not up to par. Like, put the difficulty I played at should have been normal, and hard should have been a step up. Yeah, of course. So, um, after your really brief synopsis, what is your uh, score? Uh, look, after all that, it, it was nice to actually have some sort of closure of this story in the Kingdom Hearts saga. Um. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight point three out of ten. Oh wow, wow, well done. Um, well, I I didn't play a lot of the original ones. I played through the the first. Well, I watched through the first one. I played many years ago, but not enough to know so and remember because it was so confusing. So I did a lot of research and watching. Um, my big biggest thing about this was who was it for? Because it feels like. It was so easy and so short that it was definitely targeted at the younger audience, sort of like, you know, 15, 14 and under. But they weren't even born when the first one came out. And that, like understanding the story would just be like a write off for them, which I also feel might be why all the main story stuff doesn't come until the last quarter, because they're trying to like keep them interested and pull them in with just like these little segments. And here's Toy Story. Here's Tangled. Just Tangled. Don't worry about much, much else. It's just Tangled. Uh, and, and also Maleficent's looking for a box, but that's all. Um, so that was in there. And, you know, the the no Final Fantasy thing just really hurt me. The traversal and the fighting and all that was, was cool, but it felt like... Uh, it just felt like... Another thing I didn't quite enjoy was that the cut scenes were really, in a lot of the Disney worlds, very separated. 
like when I was in the Rapunzel world, I couldn't wait to sort of get in there and get involved. Like, let me let me go to the tower. And but every time there was a cutscene, it's like it just just a bit of the movie. Like they just played a little bit of the movie, and then it went back to me somewhere else doing something fully different, and then back to a, a random little. Here's a bit more of the movie with nothing to do with you, with the, our own little things that are happening that you know uh, uh, there was a lot of that and it felt a bit slow and draggy and i just besides the actual feeling of the fighting i wasn't having a lot of fun i wasn't like engrossed in the story because you know they were trying to make simplify it for newcomers i'm sure so the story was more just jumping from thing to thing and so and i wasn't engrossed in each of the chapters because there were movies i'd seen before and most of it was like this is really pretty very gorgeous but it's just like a short episodic version of a movie I've already seen. Um, and like, it just it just kind of hurts. That story, no matter what, no matter how much you look into it, I've watched hours and hours and hours of recaps to be ready. And I still was lost and, and just a bit like, not not so much just confused, but almost uninterested after a while of just like, this is just, mm. so... Yeah, I, I gave this a 7.1 for me. Okay. And but yeah. Yeah, that was Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, guys, this is the bit where we would normally have games of our lives, but we've kind of done all that now, twice in a way, different ways. So we wanted to keep some retro going in the podcast because we like to talk about retro things. We scratch our heads and we've come up with this new segment called Classic Me, Classic You. In this segment, yes. which is going to properly kick off next time, we're each going to give each other an old school title to have a go at and then hear their thoughts on it. Generally, something they might not have played before. So rather than looking through it with like rose-tinted goggles, which we always seem to do when we're reflecting on our own retro gaming experience in the past, you know, I'm going to tell Carl, hey, Carl, go try this game. And he might hate it. He might go, right, the controls sucked in this, the graphics sucked, the story was like stupid. But I might be like, but Carl, this is my childhood, sir. Yeah, well, I was, I've been trying to say, I feel like we should uh, definitely come into it and review it with our... 2019 eyes not like oh this would have been really cool back in the day like let's just go like what did you think today oh wow like just just as a thing like some games might hold up you know like mario world or whatever and i just i'm really curious to hear each other's opinions of like maybe this was the best game you ever played but it's a three now excuse me yeah yeah that's right so we uh we, we we're gonna start off this week by giving each other a game to go check out. So, Carl, my game to you. Yes, please, sir. Is Land Stalker on the Sega Mega Drive? Land Stalker. Let me just type that in here, just so I can have it to remember, because I've never heard that <laughs> name before. Land Stalker on the Sega Mega, Mega Drive. Sega Mega Drive. Okay. Yep. Wow. All right. Um, my one for you mm. is a game called Hyperzone on the Super Nintendo. What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I really right. love this one. Um, it, it was yeah. a big part uh, of uh, my... Uh, uh, we're not going to yeah. go into that this week. That's going to be for next time. But yeah, so Carl's going to be looking at Landstalker on the Sega Mega Drive, and I'm going to be looking at Hyperzone on the Super Nintendo. So yes, yeah, each so I can't wait. give each other new games to check out. And yeah, um, so it will really kick off next time. But yes, that's our new retro segment, Classic Me, Classic You. Oh, good. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. Oh, yes. All right. So let's move into our passenger participation questions area. We've got the old classic reef rolling out again this week. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll read this one. I've got it all right up here. He um, Okay. He's, he's back. He's been away. He went to Japan. Looked like he had a really cool adventure. Uh, he said he's back and back at it. Hard in with the questions for the game train. It's good to have you back, Reef. So he says, he, he messaged us and said, So I've recently started back up in Final Fantasy XIV, but... Because I really 
want to get all my crafting and gathering to 70 as well as get some games actually finished instead of just played and my question is how big is your shame pile and what game is the first one you'll get back into when you get a spare chance Ah, uh, yeah, okay, right. So first first question, how big is your shame pile? Let's break it down. Uh, let's say that big. About that big? Yeah, yeah. Well, mine's not too bad. Um, I just got some very big titles on it. So my one I'd like to finish off is The Witcher 3. I've never finished it. Oh my god, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and another one is Resident Evil 4. I've got it here on PlayStation 4. It came with Resident Evil 7. But I've still got it here in the shrink wrap. Oh, damn. I've been eyeing it off like, hmm, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't yeah. I? So, oh, you so should have yeah. done it before part two. No! After part <laughs> two, mate. Damn. How about yours? Uh, my pile of shame is huge. Just, I just, you know, I'll play a game and fall in love. But then as soon as the next one walks by me, I'm just like, damn, look at you. And I'll just jump right in. Um, I'm very guilty of doing that. I've, you know, finished a bunch of games, of course, but just there's some wonderful experiences that I'm yet to do. And the the two I've got here, one of them, just I, I want to quickly mention is Dishonored 2 because part one was just so amazing, phenomenal game. I just thought it was one of the best games I'd played at that time. Um, you know, the angles they went with that. So part two, I jumped in and I was having the best time and I don't know what came out, but I just... I was like, oh, I'll be right back, Dishonored 2. And then I'd never seen it again. It's still waiting for me. But the uh, the main one, which I've actually started three times on three separate consoles, and I have it tattooed on my arm. <laughs> so this is true shame. True pile of shame. Oh, no, I know what this one is. It's Okami. Oh, I was going to say Grim Fandango. No, no, I finished Grim Fandango, and, and oh. I love it, and it's excellent. But this is, yeah, Okami... I. Oh my goodness. Actually, that's a lie. I've started it on four consoles. Four separate times I've started it. I did it on PS2, I did it on the Wii, and then I did it on PS3, and now I've done it on the Switch. I've, I keep starting it, and I love it, and it's amazing. And then I pause it and move on to whatever's the new thing that's going on, and I just forget about it. And I just keep hearing about how it's just the most fantastic thing. It looks... I've gotten so far into it, like, but it's such a huge Zelda-like adventure. I'm, yeah. If Ben Schuster's listening to this episode, please don't unfriend me. I will finish this game. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much there, Reef, for writing in once again. As always, if you want to write in, you can send us a message at www.gametrainpodcast.com, facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast. We're also on Instagram at Game Train Podcast. We're also on Twitter as well, at Game Train Talk. Nailed it. Exactly, thank you. Right, so before the end here, we've got we to gotta do our trains here. We've got to roll through those lame, love, and hype trains. Oh, yes. So let's kick it off with the lame train. Can we say it on the count of three? All right. I hate staggered release dates. <laughs> oh, that's your one. Yeah, absolutely. Great call. Uh, I think I, I am sick of this. This is just getting ridiculous. Oh, like, man. Uh, so you, you spoke about it last week on your solo cast, which I forgot to say at the start of this episode was good. It was great. I had a good listen to it on the plane. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank well, you. I think yeah. it was my lame train, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But yeah, it's my nice. lame train now because after getting home, looking at the Anthem schedule and going, what? And I'm sitting there like, you know, uh, just trying to figure out how it all works. Do you have to get EA Origin access to get it for 10 hours early? But PlayStation can't do that. But PC can get it for unlimited time or you can buy the special edition, but the special edition doesn't let you go in early. It's it's all over the place. And then the other day I see that Jump Force, the fighting game, has a staggered release date too. And I'm like, but why? It's a fighting game. Just stop it. Like, oh, man. you're paying so extra true. money to play the game three days early. Just release your damn game there. Stop sponging people for extra cash so they can play three days early. And then that gives people an advantage online because they get an extra three days with the characters. And then you jump on there on day one because you've gone out and bought it for the normal price, get your ass kicked. 
And it's, it's weird because it's like, hey guys, Anthem's coming out February 22, but really, you can actually play it on February 15, but their actual release date is February 22, and it's insane and annoying, and I'm sick of it. Yes, so true. I could not agree more. And like, you know, fair enough, maybe do two. Do one for super, super special no. edition. No, no. But don't do, do four no. or five. No. If February 22 is your release date, you release every version on that day. Give people bonuses with the super special editions, like extra hats Whatever, I don't care. Just stop this staggered release crap because the <laughs> game is finished. The game is done. Release it for everyone or none at all. Yeah, I know, I know. That does suck, but it's unfortunately the world of business and commerce and they know yeah, we'll and, buy and it. And greed and greed. Yeah, and I mean, and I understand, I understand greed and I understand a business. That's what you, if you, you know, some companies don't really care about the game. They just care how best to sell this to people and if they'll pay for it three days early, but and if you, but being greedy and just being straight up confusing and cryptic is another level like where we do this podcast we are deep in this industry and we are still confused imagine the average gamer yeah i got no idea i don't know when yeah. it comes out i think i paid for the right one i gave them a million dollars oh oops i still can't pay it cuz i don't have ea access oh i didn't read the fine print well there goes yeah. an extra 50 dollars it's it's sad What's Um, your lame train? My lame train is not a single surprise Disney World in Kingdom Hearts 3 that wasn't already shown in the trailers. Like, now I, like, you know, my lame train has been how much they've been showing this whole time. Like, a lot of times I've mentioned it. And now it's out. People have finished it. And it's confirmed. Not a single world was a surprise. And it was... It was not leaked. It was not like someone found out and spoiled it for us. The Square Enix, the company itself, spoiled it for us. Every wow. single thing. Like, and I'm not into it. I don't have the big story sort of reveal like you do. Like, I'm not a fan in that way. I'm a fan because of Disney. The only thing that's getting me in there is the joy of jumping into these different worlds. And there was no joy because I'd already seen it all. There was every time I saw a new world, there was this piece of resentment. I don't want resentment in my gaming. I want excitement and joy. Sorry, that's my lame train. I won't go too much further. Uh, it was funny because I'd heard before the game released that they were going to be the only worlds, right? So, oh. and as soon as I read that, I went, "Uh oh, Carl's going <laughs> to flip his hat. Uh-oh. He's going to get angry." Well, because that's all I have, you know. Like you, you are a real fan of the story, and you've played like a lot of the games, so you have that as well. All I have, I have a, a basic understanding, but and I, I feel like I'm. You know, I don't want to say the majority, but I'm probably at least 50% of the fan base is mm. similar to what I have. It's like, I have a basic understanding. You're good, you're bad. Guys in the cloaks, you know, bad guys mostly. But like, all we have is the Disney worlds and jumping in and going, oh, cool, this is fun. And they took that from us. They made this yeah. game just for you guys, for like the 40% of fans. <laughs> like, oh, well, that's, that's, right. that's it. All right, let's, uh, let's roll into the love train. My love train, I don't know if I've said it specifically before, but is, is this Nintendo Direct formula. I, I love how they've done it. I love how they've taken their own sort of way of doing things. Uh, ever since they left doing like live big shows at E3 and instead doing like, you know, four little ones throughout the year, there's, they turn it into an event. They build up hype the right way, not for too long. And then they come and they just like drop all this wonderful news. And then so many times, usually every time, some one or two or three things are out the second they do the direct straight away. So instead of just sitting there being hype after it and just like hyperventilating with happiness, there's like, here's five things you can go try right now. A couple of demos, some are full games. And and then the internet's buzzing after like post-hype all about like what's there and what could have been. And then you never... The formula works so well because even though they leave out a whole bunch of stuff, potentially, that you're like, why didn't they say this? Why didn't they say that? Instead of like the one chance you have a year, you're like, well, they've got three more of these or more. So now I'm hyped for the next one. Plus being hyped for all this news. Like it's just, it's a wonderful, fun and controlled formula. It's not like live. Things aren't going to go wrong. It's, it's so well constructed and I have huge respect for it. That's my love hmm. train. Nice. Mom was going on holidays for nine games with no video games. For nine games? 
Wow, nine, I can't believe you went nine days. Nine... <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. must have felt really cool, actually. Yeah, well, how it happened is that it wasn't me that it just went, right, I'm not going to play video games the whole trip. I wanted to play video games the whole trip. Oh, I, nice. got, I got onto the aeroplane, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, I might play some Switch now. <laughs> got out my Switch and the battery was flat. Oh, no. <laughs> I looked at it and went, oh, well. And just put it back in my bag and that was it. Wow. That's... Yeah. So it wasn't a planned thing. It was just something that happened. And then about halfway through, I'm like, well, I haven't played games for a few days. I'm like, I'll just wait until I get home. Because when I got home, jumped straight into Kingdom Hearts 3, jumped into Resident Evil 2 Remake, you know, jumped into the um, Anthem Beta. Yeah, all this stuff. It just felt real fresh and nice. And it was a real rejuvenation for me in that I just, you know sort of got over a little bit of burnout I might have been feeling. I sort yep. of went in all fresh as a daisy and jumped straight into it. And there was a lot for you to jump into. Oh, there was, there was. I didn't know what to do at first. I'm like, Kingdom Hearts of Resident Evil, Kingdom Hearts of Resident Evil, and I'd switch between the two. So I was shooting zombies and then running around, running around with Elsa and Frozen next. Oh, and then all the demos and betas that just like yeah, yeah. flooded so, in. Now, uh, look, if, you, if you're ever feeling burnt out, if you're playing too much games or whatever, and you do go on holiday, just... Don't plan a thing for like a week or whatever, and just sort of come back all fresh and feel. Bring a bring a book. Yeah, have a yeah, exactly. And actually, uh, the book I did read over there was amazing, by the way. Um, yes. Which is uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreider, who is one of the Kotaku editors. Uh, go check out that book. It was an amazing insight into game development and what developers go through in in making game, the problems and things that creep up. Uh, disharmony in the office, uh, all this sort of stuff is, is, is a fantastic read. Go read that book. I can't wait to check that out myself, actually. I've been very yeah. curious about that one and Console Wars, two books I've been just dying to check out. That's right. Okay, let's roll into The Hype Train. Hype Train. Oh, yeah. All right, not even going to bother with yours, mate. Tetris 99 or whatever it is. Whoa! Man, I'm. this is the hardest part because this is the very last section of this episode. So, like, just hurry up with yours so we can end this recording and I can go play it right now. Go, go. What's your hype train? Quick, I need to go. Well, there was lots of stuff that I could be hyped for. Go, 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 go. There's a lot of things coming out. I'm out. I'm just going to leave the room. I'm pressing stop. I'm, no, what mine is, uh, mine's... The remake of Link's Awakening on the Switch. Now, I'm a big fan of old t- 2D Zeldas like A Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds, and things like that. They're, they're great. Um, but yeah, I never played Link- Link's Awakening on, on the original Game Boy. And I'm excited that they've done a full-blown remake. Not just a Game Boy game on the store that you can play, but a full-blown remake. It looks so bright and colorful. It looks fun. I can't wait to get into that later this year on the Switch. Yes, that looks fantastic, actually. I I never had a Game Boy, so I'm keen as well. All right, thank you all for tuning in once again. We really do appreciate it here. Uh, Remember, we're going to have another platform episode up next week where we interview someone or whatever from gaming industry or to do with games, about games and things, and etc., etc. So check that out. But then, after that, we have our Anthem review. We're going to check out the new Anthem game when oh, on one of its random staggered release dates. Um, <laughs> we're also going to check out a bit of Far Cry New Dawn, which is the new Far Cry game launching. Also, Metro Exodus is out. So, we're going to be getting all up in those shooting games. We're going to be having a lot of fun with that, plus our normal segments. Is there anything else you want to say before you bury your head in Tetris? Tetris 99. Yep. All right. Okay. Thank you all so much once again for tuning in. I am Callan. And I am Tetris 9. I'm oh, sorry. I am Carl. And this has been Game Train. Game <laughs> Train.